Not it. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Name's Chuck. We uh, haven't seen each other in quite a few days now. It's been, yeah, it's <clears throat> been snowmageddon. Yeah. Snowgate. Here in Tennessee, I mean, it, yeah. it snows a couple inches and the, the whole system shuts down for a little bit. Did and, you see the graph that every single school was canceled in the entire, like every school in the whole state? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Mm. At least, at least public wise, I don't know. There might have been a few schools that were open, but every county school, every district, canceled yesterday. There is a trade off for having no state income taxes, and I found living here for a while now that one of the trade offs is uh, snow plows. They don't do a lot of snow plowing yeah. here in here in mm. Tennessee. No salt. They want no salt. Well, on the roads, no li- whatever the liquid stuff is they put down when our it's politicians knew. <clears throat> that we don't hardly get snow anyway. And yeah. then with global warming on the rise, You're the likelihood gonna, that we're going to get snow. Yeah, it's a bad investment. I, this is a rare, I mean, this is so rare for us to get like six to eight inches. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's why it's Wednesday and we're doing our first show of the week, by the way. Um, even today, I mean, there's still stuff on the roads, but I, I risked my life to come here and do this show. We missed Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We did. Yeah. We missed yesterday. Yesterday, the day here. after Martin Luther King Jr. Today. Day. And um, that some stuff happened. There was the Iowa caucuses. Both of us were kind of depressed anyway because we're Cowboys fans and, you know, how that I weekend went. I was really depressed you. because I was expecting them to lose. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I did great, though, because I bet on the Packers to win. And then I bet on the Bills to win. And then I bet on the Buccaneers to win. And so I won all three of those bets. Three for three. It was a good weekend. Now he's going to be a professional sports It's my first time having DraftKings, and I found that if you just make a smart bet, you can uh, make some money. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised by the Buccaneers. Are you? But you're not? They were playing the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles and suck. They've sucked, like the, I guess, the last yeah. Yeah, four or five weeks, but they were like the hottest team in football. Oh. The first 10 games. Costco says, get ready for the rigging. You know, as Cowboys fans, we we hear about how the NFL is rigged anytime the Cowboys win. Uh, we're living proof. Our depression is living proof to you that it is not rigged or they would have the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. No, I, and so they, I don't have it dep- just doesn't happen. I don't have depression. Yeah. It no. is for the Chiefs, though, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, so we had NFL playoffs. That's cool. We're both big football fans. Uh, we had the Iowa caucuses on Monday. Shocker, Charlie. Donald Trump won. The Iowa caucuses, yeah. and I um, I thought Hillary was going to win it. Yeah, I really thought she was going to pull it out, yeah. but her um, the new Hillary pulled out third place, I guess. Yeah. And then weirdly came out and said that it was clearly now a two way race, <laughs> and she got third place. Yeah. In the Iowa caucuses, mm-hmm. that was kind of a weird thing mm-hmm. to say. Um, she's well, well, math is racist, Nate. So that's you true. Can't bring it up, probably sexist too, and or sexist because she mm-hmm. loves calling things sexist. Uh, I guess I did have my. My summary that I put out of the caucuses. Let me let me get this up on the screen here. This is how I see it. Some Trump supporters don't agree, but this is how the caucuses played out. Number uh, first place, the cult lead, cult leader who didn't drain the swamp or tackle the debt, but will this time? He promises he was about ready to. He was about to yeah tackle and when the debt. COVID hit and drain the swamp. Yeah, uh, so he he got real close to that. Um, you remember when he used to do a press conference standing next to Anthony Fauci like every single day and then we're all supposed to just forget about that? Yeah, he wasn't <clears throat> he wasn't uh, that important in his administration. Mm, yeah. That's what he said. Two, uh, the second place was a governor who loves using the power of the state when it furthers his own cultural goals, but at least he only did COVID lockdowns for a little bit. Yeah. So you got that. <laughs> Uh, third place, coming in third, was uh, if you don't like whatever war she wants to start, it's because she's a woman. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Don't be sexist against her wars. And uh, number four is a super principled guy, except for the fact that he just endorsed number one. And uh, we all know what that means. To further his political career. I mean, that's probably a smart move. Yeah. The dude's 38. Is he 30? I thought he was 35. Vivek, I think he's 38. I thought he just hit the age to be able to run. I think he's 38. I don't don't know. We'll see. We'll see if someone gives a fact check on that. He's got a long, long political career ahead of him. And I think it's, uh, he did the smart, or he's trying to do the smart thing. I always think 
that if you sell out, you know, you don't ever win in the end. Yeah. Like, let's say, like, let's say he becomes president one day, but he lost all of his principles. Like, then what's the point? You're not, you're, you lost everything you started out fighting for. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we got, you know, Trump won, but what's the point? You know, that's yeah. great. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe some good tax cuts and stuff like that. Here's the, uh, the, the end of the speech where Trump comes up and you got people chanting VP. And I guess the question is, is it worth it? Would we get some good things out of a new Trump administration if Vivek was the vice president who, I mean, basically they just run NASA. <laughs> That's about, and the, uh, I guess the Senate or whatever, I don't know what they do. Trump did say he had some good ideas. Yeah. yeah. So here you go. Let me, let's hear that. I think they're nibbling each other's ears in this clip a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's how was that? Pretty good, right? That was pretty good. And he's a fantastic guy. And he's really, uh, he's got something that's uh, very special because he started off with a Zippo and he's got, he ended up very strong. He did a great job. I was actually surprised when he called because he was doing well and uh, it's an honor to have his endorsement. He's going to be working with us and he'll be working with us for a long time. Yeah. Working with us for a long time, Mm. long time. And uh, Vivek's posts are starting to look more and more like he's going to be part of the Trump administration in some way. Mm. I don't know. Maybe you appoint him to be the head of the FBI. (laughs) I'm, or the DOJ, you know, something like that. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. Then right? he fires everybody. Yeah, there you go. That uh, Wouldn't we take that as a win if that happened? Yeah, in a way. Pro- in prob- a way. Probably, in a way. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Look, so. you can't have it all. All right? And yeah. I get that. I get that you can't have it all. And is Trump a step in the right direction? I don't, I don't think so. I don't but also, like, I am happy that we didn't go to war, really. I mean, we still dropped... More bombs, than the, bombs. Previous, than the previous president did, which yeah. was a lot of bombs. A lot of bombs. And he dropped more than the previous one, which was a lot of bombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just because we didn't go to war doesn't mean that we weren't at war. I guess the like economy. Seven different countries. Like statistically, the economy looked like it was doing pretty well. It's all Fugazi. People were feeling better financially, I guess. Maybe making up some ground against inflation until the whole COVID thing happened. And... uh Trump was also president when that went down. He also signed the $2.2 trillion uh, CARES Act. And which bump ex- stocks. Bam, bump stocks. It's more gun legislation or gun, uh, not legislation, but executive orders than even Obama had, you know? Yeah. So there's some weird stuff that you got to look past and the Trump cult people are perfectly willing to look past anything. I'm pretty sure Trump could have... Kamala or Joe Biden as his VP and the the Trump cult would be like, oh, you know, they're not that. Trump knows what he's, it's 5D chess. They, he knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know. They'd be completely fine with it. They'd find a way to spin it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, it, obviously, he won the Iowa caucuses. There's... Um, These people must be trauma-bonded to him. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, once you dug in so deep and hard on someone it's tough to ever admit that you're wrong or accept any mistakes or failures because that could end up making you look bad for being such a huge fan of the person so you find a way to rationalize and explain away anything that they do that goes against all the stuff that you were saying were your principles for your whole life Mm -hmm. and now you just bought into one man more important than America or the Constitution or individual liberty. It's all about getting this one man back in the power so he can get revenge on the people who treated him badly. And that's what makes it worth it for you. <laughs> and I predicted Trump yeah. would win, not because I want Trump to win. Mm-hmm. I predicted it for a couple of reasons. Um, well, actually, I wouldn't mind Trump winning just because the next four years, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be huge. And I'm, and I'm talking like entertaining. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I don't know if the country will be great again. Yeah. Actually, the country doing better would be bad for us as a, as a political entertainment. Well, it doesn't matter actually what the country does. The entertainment will be there. That's true. Yeah. Still have a lot of entertainment. It's just, it's like the golden goose laying, you know, diamond eggs. That's what they do. That's what they're well known Mm -hmm. for doing. Of course. Yeah. People want to use the, they just want to take the goose for the gold, but I'm like, wait till it drops. 
the the diamonds. And don't even get me started with the gander, you know. That's, whole gander of diamond land goose, golden gooses. Is worth its weight in salt. ABC is canceling the New Hampshire debate because Haley and Trump are declining to participate. Trump had already pulled this one, and now Haley, who came in third but says it's now a two-way race, is saying that she's not going to debate unless Trump agrees to the debate, which she knows he's not going to. Haley. Haley. That was a pretty funny uh, yeah. meme that Trump posted. My favorite one, though, was... <laughs> my favorite one was uh, the Babylon Bee. And they posted Mickey Haley saying that lackluster, uh, that the lackluster results in Iowa prompts Haley to bomb Iowa. Yeah. That's which is sadly, it's closer to the truth than we would like it, (laughs) which is kind of like her. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like she's, I don't know what's going on here, but it seems like she is being positioned to be there uh, when they decide that Trump's going to be behind bars or be barred from being on the ballots or something like that. Like somehow she's getting worked into being the, the GOP nominee. You can see everything come together, the media coming together, the big donors coming together to try and make this happen. And now it's just such a weird situation we're in because we're already on the Democrat side, there's not going to be any debates between the people that are running as Democrats, because Biden has just assumed that it's that it's him. He's the uh, he's the incumbent. You know, he's he's above uh, debating any of the people that are running against him. Doesn't take them seriously. Then we know there's not going to be debates between Trump and Biden. We're not going to have those. We're going to have a presidential election cycle where the two people in the general election are not going to debate each other. Hmm. It's going to be, which goes against everything we did in high school running yes. for president. We always had a debate, we, you know. That we had so many debates in yeah. high school. We made buttons and everything. And and now we have the Republican side. Even though Trump was already refusing to debate because it would only hurt him, him going up on stage and taking punches from people would only hurt him. But now even Haley is saying that she's not going to debate and. Now we're just, we're fully into the system where the politicians that are running for office to run your lives have accepted the fact and are rubbing it in your faces that they're not really beholden to the people anymore. Like it doesn't matter people debating ideas or, or anything like that. This is an election between uh, donors and the media, and they're all duking it out for who's going to be running in the election. Whether or not the people get to watch people debate or make an an informed decision or anything, that's gone and everyone's accepted it. Yeah. It's all about whoever's got the most money or got the most media support or whatever it is behind them. And we're just going to watch it. Which is strange because the debates are getting Mm. like three, four, five million viewers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, Pretty significant amount of viewers. But the thing for Haley is that it was, I I would say, widely accepted that Ron DeSantis uh, did better than she did in the last debate where it was only the two of them. And she's leading in New Hampshire um, handily over Ron DeSantis. Uh, And it would only help DeSantis if she would go and and debate him before New Hampshire. So she just doesn't want to do that. We were talking beforehand how this whole system is weird anyway. Like we just, we let Iowa... Like we have, oh, you don't have a good showing in Iowa, therefore you should drop out. That's like, how about when we conduct political polls, we just only poll a thousand people in Iowa. Yeah. Why don't we just say it's a hundred thousand people that voted or whatever, but it's such a weird thing. And I know our states, they select, you know, who's going to, who they want to be the president. We don't have a national voting system. So I, I get that, but it, it does seem weird that you wouldn't just have a national uh, primary day where everyone would agree. Uh, that they're going to have the primaries on this day and everyone who thinks that they want to be in the general, they're all involved on the primary day and everyone votes. And then, and then you see how all the states on an electoral college type way or whatever between all the states. It's kind of weird to me that we still were like, Oh, Iowa and then New Hampshire. And like that says anything. Yeah. I don't, I mean, nothing against Iowans. <laughs> there, there's some, probably some good Iowans. There's some there. fine people. There's fine people. Mm-hmm. I is is that is that the heart of America? I don't know because you look. I at mean, the, it's kind of right in the middle, I guess. I mean, what about Texas? Maybe Texas in 2016, uh, Ted Cruz won Texas. Maybe that's a better representation. 
of uh, the true way that a uh, constitutional government could have gone. Not that I'm a big Ted Cruz fan or anything, but... Sounds you like know. you're shilling for Ted Cruz. No, I'm not. I'm just... I don't know. I think I would have liked him more than Trump, probably. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just... It's that time of year where we keep saying, oh, this is going to be a big year because it's 2024, it's the election season. But at the same time, both of us are like, eh, I don't care. This is all, <laughs> this is all BS. <laughs> oh, I care. I care because of the entertainment value, though. It is fun. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think lives are really going to change that much depending on who becomes president. I, I really don't. I mean, the only thing that's really going to change is how crazy the media gets. If Trump wins, um, then the media will go crazy again. Democrats are going to go on another witch hunt. They'll find something to impeach him for again. We'll go back to having riots in yeah. the streets. You realize we haven't had any social justice riots that have happened while Biden has been president. Well, Trump caused those. I guess so. Yeah. It's just really weird that it, all of a sudden everything was fine. Yeah. All fine and dandy. And mm -hmm. I guarantee you, as soon as Trump takes office, we're going to have riots that summer over something. Yeah. I don't know if it's, the, if it's the case that no one, no unarmed black person has been killed by a police officer or anything, but it's just weird. No one's talking about it anymore. So yeah. uh, we'll see if that starts happening again. Maybe... Maybe it won't. Maybe now where it could get really interesting is if Michelle Obama does, yeah, end up getting. We are still kind of talking like Biden's going to be the actual person on the ballot, and he might not be. Well, right now because we don't know, but that would be interesting. But here's the thing: Would your life really change that much? Did your life change that much when uh, Barack Hussein Obama? I would say there are important things that happen, but a lot of times it comes from the Congress while the person is in office. Of course, the Congress is just going to pass what they think the president is going to sign. And so we did get the Affordable Care Act while while uh, Obama was in office. And that was a pretty so bad affordable. one. Not affordable. Yeah. The Unaffordable Care Act. And that was, <laughs> yeah. we call it around my house. Man, mm -hmm. we used to have what was called a Cadillac insurance plan. You know, back at my house, which is just in it case, was awesome. Just in case, oh, the Cadillac is just everything. Mm. It's amazing. You can't have those anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's like illegal to have. It even was if, so good. Even if you liked your plan, you weren't able to keep your plan. Mm. Turns out that was a lie. Uh, all right. The the next thing. Uh, speaking of Congress and some important things that happened. Now, this probably isn't going to pass, but I wanted to make the point on this is why the government budget never goes down and this new thing that they're trying to do, this new tax deal that they're striking to try and get the uh, child tax credits. And um, that was something that happened during the pandemic. They did these expanded child tax credits, cost a lot of money and probably caused a lot of inflation. But a lot of people thought that it was very helpful. Um they're working on this right now. I don't think it's actually going to pass, but I just want to show you how ridiculous it is uh, the way that they decide this is paid for. Uh, so top Democrats and Republicans in Congress on Tuesday released a $78 billion compromise they have reached to expand the child tax credit and restore three popular expired business tax breaks. I thought we hated business. Well, this is a compromise mm. between the two of them. Uh, the plan includes $33 billion to partly extend a major expansion of the child tax credit that was initially beefed up for one year as part of the 2021 pandemic aid law. Nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. <laughs> exactly. And another $33 billion to reinstate a set of expired business tax benefits related to research, business, and capital deductions. Both will last through 2025, so to increase more business deductions, basically, that have expired. It would also include an increase of a tax credit to encourage the development of low-income housing tax relief for the... Now, when they do tax credits, I don't know if these are going to be refundable tax credits or not and what way people are going to be able to take advantage of this. I'm generally in favor of tax credits as long as they're not refundable tax credits, meaning once you get down to zero in taxes, they don't pay you out money right. from other people afterwards. But I'm generally in favor of anyone getting out of getting stolen from Amen. In, in any way that they can. So it's not that I'm even against child tax credits per se. If you can find a way to have a kid and get less money stolen from you, that's one thing. But if it's going to be a fully refundable tax credit where it just keeps piling on, the more kids you get and you're getting, you know, six grand or whatever the max is going to be from it, which is getting paid out from other people. 
then I'm not in favor of that one. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Low-income housing tax relief for disaster victims and tax breaks for Taiwanese workers and companies operating in the United States. So now how is this going to be financed, Nate? That's a great, great question. The package would be financed by reining in the employee retention tax credit, a pandemic era program that encouraged employers to keep workers on payroll that has become a hotbed of abuse. Abuse. Hmm. It is a fraud and abuse. They originally penciled out that they're going to spend 50 bill on this uh, in uh, employee retention tax credit. And turns out they spent a little over 200 on it so far. Mm. But this is something that was a pandemic era provision to try and help people after they forced people to not work. And they are now paying for it. Now get this, the tax, the child tax credit was also a pandemic era thing that they had. They took it away and people got upset about that. And so now they're going to bring back the pandemic era tax credit, child tax credit, and it's going to be paid for by getting rid of something that was just a, a pandemic era program. And so not talking about 2019 or 2018 or whatever, they're taking this expanded budget with pandemic related programs that are still happening right now and saying, well, we're going to stop this COVID program and that's what's going to pay for this COVID program. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like what Bailey says here, uh, which she identifies as a woman. She says, <laughs> "This is what happens when you let women in office. It's girl math." <laughs> so what happened is the United States went out and they bought gift cards, bunch of stuff to Outback Steakhouse, mm -hmm. and then a couple years later, they're going out to eat at Outback Steakhouse tonight. Yeah, for free. How about that? It's free. That's free. Because they have a gift card. <laughs> Let's go even, get some free dinner tonight because it's it's we we have a gift card. I guess that's a yeah. part. I guess that that analogy uh, could work. But this is why the budget. Uh, never, that's girl math. <laughs> this is why the budget never actually goes down because now we're we're basing this budget off of what were supposed to be temporary programs that already spent four times as much money as they were supposed to because all the waste, fraud, and abuse. Shocker. And so we're saying we're going to get rid of something that is an employee retention tax credit during a time that there's not even a pandemic where we have stuff shut down. And so magically getting rid of this program is how we're going to pay for this new program that, by the way, we only had in the pandemic. Oh, wait, did that, did that do something? Oh, I got the, does that do it? Did you see the balloons pop mm -hmm. up? Sure okay, did. anyway, there they go. There's some balloons. <laughs> I got to turn that off sometime. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I got I got thrown off by the balloons. It's totally ridiculous. Now, the good news is there's a good chance this isn't actually going to get passed. But it's just, it's infuriating to me that this is how these people continue to do math. The answer should be, oh, hey, guys, there's a employee retention tax credit from the pandemic that we're still spending a bunch of money on. We should stop doing that. Yeah. And then that's the end of the conversation mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And when we talk about the child tax credit, you should say, we don't have any money. That's what you should say after that. Yeah. So, mm, how it's about like, that? Here's more girl math for you. <laughs> you know, you have, um, you have a hundred dollars and, uh, and you go to the, you go to the store. Mm -hmm. Are you saying it's slow so all the girls can keep up with you? Yeah. Okay. And you buy wondering you buy two hundred dollars worth of stuff for that hundred dollars mm -hmm. so you saved a hundred which now means you have an, an extra hundred to go towards something else that made about as much sense as this does <laughs> yeah i'm 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 tracking did you track that and that made just mm -hmm. as much sense as this yeah. as this did 15 million kids from low-income families point. will be better off as a result of this plan. And given today's miserable political climate, it's a big deal to have this opportunity to pass pro-family policy that helps so many kids get ahead. I'm going to push back on the idea that it's pro-family because it's going to be giving some families money that was taken from other families. Uh, that's from Ron Wyden, said in the joint statement on Tuesday with Mr. Smith. Uh, not the guy from the matrix. My goal remains to get this passed in time for families and businesses to benefit in this upcoming tax filing season. 
Uh, anyhow, let's go to the part also where gonna, talk about the tax credit. There I didn't see they were going to move <clears throat> the write-off back to 100% for businesses, 100% depreciation. Mm-hmm. So that the Trump tax cuts actually took away that business lucrative loophole. Well, it, it expired basically is what is what happened because I think it was in there for a, for a couple of years no, or something. No, before the Trump tax cuts, you could take 100% depreciation. Maybe that we'll have to clear. We'll have to fact check. Well, because Trump cut other places, he, mm. they decided to start to move that down, but now they're going to put it back in. I'm fine with people right now off the tax taking deductions. I mean, those are expenses mm-hmm. towards, towards your business. And like we said, any way that you can get out of theft, I'm okay with it. When it gets to a refundable tax credit, that's a problem. Cause that means you're taking money from other people or they're borrowing or they're printing so they can pay that out to you. Which is taking money from other That's people other still. people still. Yeah. Um, by the way, there's a good example here. The expanded child tax credit cut child poverty rates nearly in half in 2021 and cost an estimated $105 billion. It lapsed in 2022, reducing the amount that families could claim per child to levels set by former President Donald J. Trump's tax cuts in 2017 and limiting how much of the credit lower-income families could receive. The deal announced Tuesday would gradually raise the cap on how much the lowest income families could receive to match the amount for higher income families. It would also make the credit more accessible for families with multiple children, allow parents to use their previous year's earnings to claim a larger credit and automatically adjust for inflation beginning in the current tax year. Now, I love the idea that this inflation inducing program is going to account for inflation with the amount of money that they're going to Mm -hmm. give you back on it. Yeah, That's another great thing. It's a cat chasing his toe beans. Because the you know? Uh, we know that families were getting more money and they were paying it out monthly also for the child tax credit. But at the same time, oddly, weirdly, inflation started running rampant and families were all of a sudden paying $700, $800, more on expenses than they were beforehand. Who would have guessed? I just, that I, have no, I have no explanation for how this could have happened. And so this is another thing where they're going to pretend like they're helping people. We're going to say, oh, where the heck does inflation come from? It must be uh, corporate greed. And then we'll go after those people. <laughs> so anyhow. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, like I sense. said, it's probably not going to pass. The thing is, Nate, they didn't invest the money in the right places. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you or it probably print. wasn't enough money. Yeah. you got. They needed to print more and put it like into transportation. Mm-hmm. you know, invest in those things. And then it wouldn't have mattered. So Javier Bile, president, Argentina, libertarian, out there at the uh, World Economic Forum annual meeting, 2024 annual meeting. And uh, I listened to this speech because it was fully translated in the English for me uh, pretty easily by the translators over there at the World Economic Forum. And I got to tell you, if you haven't listened to it or if you haven't read it, I'll put a link to uh, an, an article I posted. It's it's just, it's a transcript of his speech. I find it easier to read the transcript than to listen because it's him talking plus a translator talking over the top of that. It's just a lot of stuff while I'm trying to watch a movie at the same time yeah. in my ear. Too much. And so it's too many things going on. Uh, so I like uh, reading. See, I'll post a link to that in the show notes. It was really good. It was really cool to see someone up there saying these things at the World Economic Forum with all those people that you know, love, and hate, those evil, demonic creatures. Surprised they gave him the microphone, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am too, because they knew. He was a- actually pretty, I would say, tame, laid back. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't pounding his fists on the table, calling people shit libs and stuff like that. <laughs> it sounded... When Telling him to F off. No, it wasn't that. At all. It was a really good, inspiring speech in favor of capitalism, free markets, individual liberty, libertarianism. And uh, And and not giving in. And and not giving in in favor of business. I told Charlie. I was ready to go to war after that. (laughs) It reads like a, uh, it reads like one of the Milton Friedman lectures he used to give. I say that because I used to edit those lectures all the time. And uh, not for Milton Friedman, I'm, you know, for I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not that old. But anyway, when I was doing videos for free to choose, it reads like one of Milton Friedman's lectures was edited and tweaked by Ayn Rand a little bit, and that's kind of how it came across. It was like kind of factual. There were some stats in there, 
and talking about how the free market was better than socialism and all that. And then there's some nice inspiring, you know, Atlas shrugged stuff mm-hmm. at the end of it too. Speaking of capitalism, did you, did you see all those quotes about how Martin Luther King Jr., since that was his day on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, said that capitalism was evil and all that? I've know? seen those. Yeah, they, those always go around. Yeah. They talked yeah. about um, socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor, basically. Um, but yeah, I've seen those quotes. Did you, did you see... Well, he said that if you don't have economic justice with social justice, essentially, then or that capitalism is just as evil as racism... Mm. Things like that. I looked them up to see if they were real. They were. Yeah. He said those things. And the people that shared them, I was just like, well, why don't you go move to a socialist country then? You know? No, we can do it better here. Yeah. You just got to have the right people in charge. Oh, just That's makes the thing. me so mad. Did you, I'm sure you saw the community notes on the FBI's post. I did. God. So good. I was, that's something I wanted to mention. Actually, it's Wednesday. It could be White Pill Wednesday, but it's our first show of the week. Yeah, and um, well, we got these are a couple of white pills right here. Yeah, and it was uh, I they've done it before. I saw other community notes from 2022 and probably last year as well. But when the FBI tries to honor Martin Luther King, they get a community note saying, "Yeah, they tried to get him to kill himself, and they were illegally <laughs> yeah. spying on him and and all that." And it's just so great to have a platform where that can call out the FBI when they try to take some type, this morally superior route and honor someone that they tried to kill, maybe even did kill, you know? Yeah. I, thanks to Elon Musk for, for having this, uh, for buying this platform. It was worth it to me. So did you see also, before we get to this, did you see that, uh, the, the Ontario court, the higher court upheld, uh, Jordan Peterson's re-education. No, camp. I didn't see that. Yeah, they said he must go to re-education camp. <laughs> so re-education camp, and uh, Jordan Peterson sent out a sent out a warning. Essentially, he he congratulated them that they won this, but the war is just starting. Mm. Is what he said. Okay. So I'll be interested to see that. The way I have this pulled up right now, I've got it pulled up in the software that we use to edit videos and stuff because we don't really have to play it. I mean, if you want to hear a guy saying stuff while he's talking, you could do that or you could just listen to us say it. I mean, what, what do you like better, this guy or us? I want to hear him say it. Well, you're not going to hear much of him. Let me. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. I like that one. Yeah. So we're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. That was in his opening two paragraphs of the speech. And you just got to imagine the people that he's given this speech in front of. You know, you don't, they probably don't hear this kind of thing very much. Um, he goes on to say, uh, also, do you, do, you, do you like listening to the thing? You can read it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Far, you, you read it. I oh. like when you read it. Okay. So he, he, he continued. I'll do my best <laughs> transcription voice. Okay. Okay. Far from being the cause of our problems. Now, remember, Javier said all this in Spanish. <laughs> yes. yes. We had what's, what appears to be an English, like a, like a, a proper British mm-hmm. English translator. Which, by the way, that must be a hard job. Could you imagine <laughs> listening to Spanish? Yeah. And you know, like, sometimes Spanish is backwards in English, you know? It, it is. I'm learning that right now. And right. It's, you can tell he has like, to wait sometimes to see... Sometimes adjectives are at yeah. are after the word. They're like always after the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that's got to be a tough job. Anyway, he said, far from being the cause of our problems, free trade capitalism is an economic system, as an economic system... 
is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty, and extreme poverty across our planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, since there is no doubt that free enterprise capitalism is superior in productive terms, the left-wing doxa has attacked capitalism, alleging matters of morality, saying that that's what the detractors claims, that is that it's unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others, so they therefore advocate for social justice. The problem is that social justice is not just, and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax and taxes are collective coercively or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes, which means that the state is financed through coercion and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion and the lower the freedom. I like it. Taxation is theft. Ta- that's what, is what he just saying. said. Taxation just is said theft. Taxation is theft. Taxation is violence. All those On good things. On the World things. Economic yeah. Forum stage. I, uh, he does a great job defending capitalism and uh, defending business people. It's always been one of my favorite things that Ayn Rand did. Like I've always had a love of people who created wealth and created new things and innovated. And uh, I've said this a bunch of times, but going all the way back to some of our like episode 10 and before this was even called Good Morning Liberty, one of the first problems I pointed out was that the right and the left could agree on one thing and that's that they hated rich people. They hated big businesses. And that since they would always form that alliance out of their hatred for big businesses, that we would always get more and more regulations and more taxes and less prosperity than we would otherwise have. Yeah. I would agree with actually a lot of people on the left and some on the right that greed is probably one of our number one problems. And it's the most dangerous form of greed. It's envy. Yeah. And it's an envy slash greed with the monopoly of violence that people get to use to take from other people that's more dangerous than greed uh, that comes from having to create better products than other people and serve people better than other people serve people. Yeah. And to have more people like what you're doing for them and voluntarily trade their dollars than they would trade for someone else's product that they're producing. And think how like evil envy is, you know, it's the first story in the Bible. It mm. led to the murder of some, some dude's brother, his <laughs> some, own brother, some dude. Yeah. <laughs> Cain's own brother. Yeah. Was so envious. Uh, I'm sorry. Abel's brother, Cain was so envious of him. That's your story. You tell it that he, that he murdered him. I just envy will. And see, this is what we talk. And this is what Margaret that Margaret Thatcher talked about this too. I just realized I misspelled culture on our page. Clutcher. 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 <laughs> um, Sorry. Coacher. I got it right right here. It says culture, but it, right here it says clutcher. 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 I hardly know her. <laughs> no, I, I was just saying envy. And we've talked about this a lot, which is it's not so much that they want to help poor people. They're just, they're envious and they hate the rich. Mm-hmm. And if you, they're jealous of people who have more than them. And it, so then they advocate for, for policies that would steal from those people as a way to get back at them. And then like Robin Hood, share the, the spoils. It's like, we want to go back to a time, to a time like that. Mm. where you are going around conquering people because they have more than you. Another, uh, just so you can divide it up and feel virtuous among yourselves. That you're helping the poor, but you're making sure you get your cut too. It's breaking someone's legs and then offering to force someone else to buy them crutches and then feeling good about yourself afterwards. That's pretty much what they do all the time. You know, I don't know how you could actually feel good doing that, but there's a heck of a lot of people who feel good doing that. They must not actually think that they're breaking the per- person's legs and then helping them. That's, that's where the disconnect is. Mm-hmm. Or there's just a lot of truly evil people out there. That's another possibility. I think it envies it's extremely insidious, dangerous. It there's two ways you can look at a rich person. You know, you can be envious of what they got and jealous and be like, oh, why do they 
those are bad people. They don't deserve that. Or you can look at them being like, oh my God, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. I want to learn what I can from them and, and move my life in that direction because that looks like a better life. I think not just envy, but another reason that so many people hate rich people is they have a, an honest misunderstanding of economics. And when they see that someone has a lot of money, they think that other people can't have that money. And therefore it means that if uh, Elon Musk has $150 billion, that's $150 billion that he somehow took away from other people and that those people can't have access to. So look at all these poor people. How can you allow Elon Musk to have this money when there's so many people that are starving? How can he sleep at night? Oh my God, he's a terrible person. I hate him. How can he sit there with all this money under his mattress? And that just means that they have in possibly, I'm given the benefit of the doubt, an honest misunderstanding, or if I want to be meaner, I guess, an honest ignorance when it comes to economics. And they, they believe in the fixed pie fallacy. And they, they don't understand that the pie grows. Yeah. And in fact, that's it's like a million people are starving is a direct result mm-hmm. of Elon Musk hoarding $150 billion. Yeah. Um, he talks about the, uh, the fixed pie also. Um, he says, those who promote social justice, the advocates start with the idea that the whole economy is a pie that can be shared differently, but that pie is not a given. It's wealth that is generated uh, in the market discovery process. If the goods or services offered by a business are not wanted, the business will fail unless it adapts to what the market is demanding. Uh, he goes on, he, he does a great job explaining a lot of economic ideas. Um, I want to read to you what he said to business people because it, it it truly is how we should look at business people. And if we could... We're going to end this show with Javier Mille's ending okay. to his speech <laughs> at the World Economic Forum. <laughs> so, wait, do you want me to play it or do you want me to read it? I want you to read it. But actually, I, I don't want to say anything else afterwards. So Nate's going to read wait, this. Wait, just that? Well, I'm not ready to end it yet. Well, hang on. Nate's going to read this. <laughs> so I want you guys to share the show. Tell a friend or two or don't. I don't care. Go to goodmorningliberty.us, join gml.com, godhatesfeds.com. Check out all the stuff uh, and have a good morning, Liberty. <laughs> Why are you trying to end the show so early? No, I'm just saying I, I want to get that out of the way. Okay. Because I want this to be the last thing that you read. Okay. Well, let's talk about something else then. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Which, which one? I, I didn't know you had something else. Uh-huh. What else do you I have? want to talk about what he said. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> Plus, we're not on the viable clips that I can use for the radio yet. We need five more minutes. Oh, <laughs> well, I was just hoping we could end it the same way. Oh, yeah, like the 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 very end of this it. This is what happens when you, <laughs> this is what happens when someone on the show has the whole show planned out, and the other guy just shows up. At this moment, the only thing I have planned out is that we need four more minutes, or I'm going to have to BS four minutes when I go to record the stuff for the mm. for the uh, radio show, well, and don't I don't want to do that. That you said shit, and then I just uh, said I it. I said shit libs. Yeah, and Earlier. then I just said it. I'll search search shit. I've been searching all of the curse words before uh, I put it out. How many now. have you found? Because uh, you get you get a few in there, but not not much recently. But it is kind of funny typing out each curse word that you can think of randomly in your mind. You're such a potty mouth to try and find it. But I don't find that much. There's is not it, that much. Is it mostly you saying it? Probably. Recently, it has been. God. Yeah. I'm telling my mom. I do it for entertainment value, you know, <laughs> even though it gets cut out. For EV. <laughs> so here's what he says to business people. Therefore, in concluding, I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated. Intimidated either by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender the advance of the state to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonist of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom. Damn it.
<laughs> I tried to say it how the translator said yeah. There's a really funny way how he ends it, and the uh, the interpreter says it in kind of a funny way at the end here. Let me play that. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much, and long live freedom. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a British way to end it, to say it like that. <laughs> long live freedom. Damn it. <laughs> I did like that he had to throw in that at the end of the speech, you know, and I mean, he didn't call everyone, you know, shit libs and all that, but he did, he did find a way to, to end that. So, uh, Tom, we'll talk about that later on. That's, uh, it's going to happen, but he's, there's, we got to hold for safety reasons on Tom's most recent question. Hmm. Tell you about that. He's a little bit worried about, uh, retaliation, stuff like that. Okay. Anyhow, what he just said about business people is so important. It's the way that, Everyone should talk about business people. And I love the way that he tried to inspire them. It's a very Ayn Rand type thing to do. He even talks about them being the protagonists of the story. So I do kind of feel like he's thinking some Atlas shrugged in his mind uh, while he's saying, while he's uh, giving this speech. And that's something that's missing from our society today. People who make money, people who provide goods and services are hated. In society. Amazon during the <laughs> pandemic. I never heard like, a thank you from Robert Reich or Bernie Sanders or anyone. Yeah. Did you ever hear them thank Jeff Bezos for creating an entire market of home delivery? I know some people did home delivery, but we all know that the reason Kroger and Walmart and all of them were doing this same day, one day, two day delivery was because they were trying to compete with Amazon. And if you're someone who thought people should be locked in their houses during a pandemic or everyone was going to die, then how did you not have more gratitude for Amazon? How did that never pop into your mind to we be get, thankful that that existed? We should get Amazon to release a list of all the people in the U.S. that have Amazon Prime accounts. And I bet AOC has one. <laughs> sure. Bernie Sanders, <laughs> Elizabeth Chief Warren. They all got them. Probably guaranteed. Probably do guaranteed. I want to know. I want to know the projections of how many people would have died if Amazon and all these home delivery services didn't exist. I know it's going to be a BS projection, but I just want to see that from Fauci. I want to see if people would have had to go to the store for every single thing that they needed. How many more people would have died? All of them. Every single person would have died. Every, there wouldn't be. Yeah. There wouldn't be a single person existing in the United States of America. Especially with this new virus China cooked up. Did you see that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Now that's too high of a kill rate, by the way. A, a virus that's got 100% kill rate is... In well, mice. It, in humanized mice, but it's still in mice, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for the mice. You ever feel bad for the mice? I kind of feel bad How for How many them. mice do we lose to these frivolous experiments all the time? Yeah. You know? I don't, I, why is China still altering viruses? <laughs> That's a better, that's a bigger question than the mice. Well, we don't know yeah. it came from Wuhan yet, though. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> but uh, why is America funding China gain of function research still? So it what would it's the, four years after we we should have learned the greatest lesson in in human history, but we haven't. What's really important for this virus? Are all these movies true? Is the, by the, the way, which ones? The T virus and. You know, all these things. This is how this is how it ends. We're gonna start eating each other. T virus. Zombies are real. You know. I've been watching the was Walking that Will Dead. Will Smith with the T virus. I am legend. I am legend. That was a uh, what was that? The measles thing that they know. did? It was for as a cancer cure that uh, ended up creating all these um CGI zombies that were running around all over the place. Is this those how, are the worst kind? You don't want CGI zombies. No. They're terrible. Mm -mm. Is this how it all ends though? We're gonna zombies? Keep yeah, we're going to keep modifying. And what if this one, so it kills humanized mice, what if it alters your brain to be a zombie? Yeah. It doesn't actually, well, it kills you, I guess, but you're still alive in your brain. Most people are already zombies, man. We're already living in it. This oh, is the apocalypse. It is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, would you go underground or above ground? In the zombie apocalypse? Yeah. I'd be above ground. I'm definitely, yeah, me too, yeah. because, you know, the mold, um, that that mold goes underground. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And it, you have to be... I'm going to have fight my way up to the farm, and I'm going to live a great life up there. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. On the roof? Oh, not on the roof. Oh. 
I'm just going to be up on a, I'm telling you, plenty of guns out there, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But your dad's place has a basement and that there's a basement. Yeah. Cordyceps. Cordyceps. And now you're talking about the, the, what is that? The last of us or whatever. Okay. Well, it's all going to be together. (laughs) All at the same time. You're going to have cordyceps, T virus, and yeah, all of this stuff. And there's going to be one little girl who's got the cure. (laughs) We're going to have to find her. We're going to have to get her. To the Seems like every one of these yeah. movies and shows, there's one little girl with the yeah. with the pure blood. The Stand is a good one. I watched that. Um, I think that was on Paramount. Uh, that was a good show. Uh, anyhow, whatever it was that we were talking about a second ago, I can't remember now. Completely forgot what we were talking about. I'm sure it was very important, though. This is way more important. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Literally don't remember what we were saying beforehand before the zombie conversation yeah somebody in the live group it seemed to be it seemed to be very important yeah somebody in the live group has it <laughs> yeah okay let's go you're welcome <laughs> luckily i'm gonna have to cut off the last four minutes that we've See? been talking for the radio <laughs> all right thank you very much and long live freedom <laughs> all right if you enjoyed today's wonderful episode that was so well organized uh by me uh, I Good did job. This, yeah. Uh, it was all laid out by Chuck this time. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome for that spectacle. It's good. For people watching. Mm-hmm. What do you call it for people listening? I don't know. It's, it's a, not a spectacle. It's an, God. <laughs> Let's go, please. End it. Hit the button. Stop this horror. Nate's shaking over Make there. Make it end. Make it end. <laughs> go to goodmorningliberty.us. Join gml.com. Share the show with someone. Leave us a rating and review. If you do all that, we might be back again tomorrow or we might cancel the show. It could be a zombie outbreak. Who knows? Until then, hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Oh, we were talking about the 100% kill rate China virus. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. The brain virus. Yeah.